please check out my new website, FiscalFeminist.com. It's chock full of information and all kinds of resources for you to use so that you can become financially organized and become CEO of your financial life. You can also book a consultation with me on the website and we can talk about your situation and do a deep dive into it. And I can come up with strategies to help you get organized ASAP and to put you on the road to financial freedom and being master of your financial universe. So check it out, fiscalfeminist.com. Hey, everybody, you are listening to the Fiscal Feminist Podcast, where we will be tackling real financial issues so women can eliminate fear and take charge of their lives. I am your host, Kimberly Davis, and I am the Fiscal Feminist. So let's get to it. Don't keep incurring credit card debt when you're trying to pay off balances. So I know I sound like a broken record, but you have to stop the money bleed. You also have to make sure you make minimum payments on time every month because credit card delinquencies on late payments will negatively impact your credit rating for years, like seven years, which will make loans, rents, and other things that you need a credit evaluation for way more expensive. So one missed payment can be on that credit report for a very long time. Hey, everybody. So I'm back with part two on the debt podcast. I did one a few uh, weeks ago on the psychology of debt because I always feel like we need to know the why of what we're doing. So in if you haven't listened to that, then I would like you to listen to that before you listen to, to this because like I said, I think if we don't know why we're doing something like incurring a lot of credit card debt, then we're really not going to do anything to fix it because we haven't really done the deep dive into why our behavior is what it is. So if you haven't listened to it, check it out. And I really do a deep dive into the why. And I talk about it from my own perspective, because as many of you know, I have had my own debt struggles over the years. So it's called Debt, Diet, and Alcohol, Part 1, and those are the three things that I'm always trying to work on. But this podcast is on our action plan. How are we going to pay down this debt? If you remember in the last podcast that I did on debt, I said that credit card debt nationally would soon be approaching $1 trillion. And as of this week, it actually is now $1 trillion. So in a few short weeks, we Americans have incurred even more credit card debt due to spending more and also because interest rates are high and inflation is high, so prices are high, and hence credit card debt is growing at some exponential pace that we haven't seen in a very long time. So let's get to it. Let's get to what we're going to do about this credit card debt and let's attack the debt payment action plan. So the first thing I recommend to everybody, because I know this works, is take a very deep breath. This is a doable strategy. You can do it. I know it's overwhelming. And when you look at your credit card statements, sometimes you think, OMG, how did I get myself into this big mess? So take a deep breath. Anything can be accomplished if we put our minds to it. So per step one of my five-step plan to financial freedom that I write about in my book, The Fiscal Feminist, A Financial Wake-Up Call for Women, 
I say the very first thing you have to do is create a budget, which I've talked about ad nauseum, but you really do have to create a budget so that you know how much money you have coming in and how much money you have going out because that's going to help you in not incurring more credit card debt and also helping you to plan your attack against it. If you have not listened to my podcast on the psychology of a budget, then you need to go and listen to that as well. So that's your homework. So the first thing you've got to do is determine the outstanding balance of all of your credit card debt and the interest rate that you're paying on each credit card that you own. So those two things are the most important things. How much credit card debt do I have in total? What do I have on each credit card? And what is the interest rate on each credit card that I own? Okay, those are pretty simple things that you can find out. So there are two popular strategies that many people talk about and implement, including myself, to tackle paying down credit card debt. And it really depends on what suits your personality better and which one is going to motivate you to stick with the strategy. So the first method is called the debt avalanche method. And the second method is called the debt snowball method. So with both methods, you will continue to make minimum payments on all cards, but for one, okay? So you have to keep making minimum payments on all of your cards, but there's going to be one that you don't because you're going to make more than the minimum payment. So let's talk about the debt avalanche method first. The debt avalanche method focuses on the numbers whereas the debt snowball method relies on behavior and psychology as a motivator. So debt avalanche is a method of paying off the debt with the highest interest rate. So you look at all your credit cards and you say, okay, which one is charging me the highest interest rate to carry this debt? So that's the one you pick in the debt avalanche method. You make the minimum payments on all the debt that you have on the other cards, then you reuse whatever remaining money you have left to pay off the debt with the highest interest rate. Once that debt is fully paid, you use the remaining money after minimum payments to pay the next highest interest rate card, and you continue until you've paid down all the balances. Now, the debt avalanche method will save you the most money in interest payments because you get out of debt paying the least amount of interest, right? So you're attacking the the, the cards that have the highest interest rates first because that's, you know, you're just paying so much interest. So you really want to get rid of those first. And it may take you a little bit longer to pay down the first debt, you know, because maybe that's a bigger balance, but it's going to, you know, just cost you more money because of that higher interest rate. And so you got to stay motivated because if you don't see progress happening fast enough, you may give up. So this method does require some discipline and tenacity because progress might be a little bit less visible, though it will save you the most money on interest if you can be disciplined and have consistency. So, you know, just by numbers alone, this is the preferable method because it means that you're going to save money by getting rid of that high interest cost fast and first. Now, the debt snowball method, which I have also used, 
focuses on paying off the smallest balances first. So you look at all your credit cards and say, okay, which of my credit cards has the smallest balance on it? I'm going to attack that one first so I can just get that off my ledger. So you pay all the minimum payments on all your credit cards, but with the remaining funds that you have left over, you pay off the smallest credit card balance first. So you're not focusing on the interest rate on this one. You're focusing on the size of the balance on your credit card. So once you paid off the smallest debt, you move on to the next smallest debt and you pay that off. And then you continue this process until all your debts are paid off. So the thing about this is, you know, it's going to motivate you because you, you can just say, okay, this credit card is now paid off. This credit card is now paid off. So why do some people use the debt snowball method if the debt avalanche method saves money because we're humans and we need to be motivated to tackle something difficult and stick with it. The debt snowball method is a good way to work with your brain's dopamine reward system. You're using it to your advantage to help you pay off your debt instead of increasing your debt with impulse buys. So I've used this method because I find it pretty motivating, right? If I can like pay off a credit card in full uh, as quick as possible, then that means I'm making some progress. And, you know, at least in my mind, I'm seeing, okay, I don't have to worry about that credit card anymore. So there is something to this. With the debt snowball method, you are seeing quicker progress in paying debts off in full. And the theory is these quick wins will keep you motivated to stay in the strategy and to pay down all the debt. If If you're really lucky, your smallest debt will have the highest interest rate. And then this is a win-win because you'll be paying down the, the highest interest rate first and getting it off the ledger. Now you can um, find some debt snowball and debt avalanche calculators online, and these will uh, help you calculate the best strategy for you. You could go to goodcalculators.com and they have a couple of things that you can look at to see how this exactly works with real numbers. Ignorance is not bliss. As women, burying our heads in the sand when it comes to our money has dire consequences. But yet, so many of us have employed this detrimental strategy. After over two decades of experience, I've discovered that women face a twofold crisis of competence and confidence regarding how they approach and handle finances. It's time to close that gap. I wrote The Fiscal Feminist, a financial wake-up call for women to teach women how to take charge of their money and control their financial destinies. This book will help you achieve financial literacy, establish the right tools and rules for managing your money and relationships, and to plan for your future. It's time to gain and maintain financial wellness on your own terms. Head to FiscalFeminist.com to order your copy today. Another effective method of paying down credit card debt is to consolidate all of the debt with consolidating loans, or you could do a balance transfer to a lower interest credit card. Let's begin with a consolidation of your credit card debt with a consolidation loan or a personal loan. A personal loan is an unsecured loan typically ranging from $1,000 to $100,000. It's unsecured because it doesn't require you, the borrower, to use any collateral as security for the lender. 
So with an unsecured loan, the lender will approve or deny a loan by looking at your creditworthiness, the borrower's credit rating. So what is your credit rating? And because it's an unsecured loan, you know, and there's no collateral backing it up, it's a little bit riskier for the lender and they might require a little bit higher credit score for the borrower to get approval on the loan. Or they might charge you a little bit higher interest rate if your credit isn't that great. Now, if you've been paying off your minimum credit card bills and you just, you know, keeping everything kind of moving along, you probably don't have too bad of a credit rating unless your debt leverage is so high that you've taken a hit in your credit rating. But if you have kind of an average, you know, you don't have to have a, an excellent or a very good you could probably have a good or fair one and still get a personal loan. So secured loans require collateral. And those are things like car loans or mortgages. But this is an unsecured loan. You see them advertised a lot online. You can go on several sites, which will give you competitive unsecured loan rates that you can apply for. So if you're overwhelmed by multiple monthly balances and payments, So you've like maybe, you know, five credit cards, all with burgeoning debt balances and and you're just overwhelmed. Well, debt consolidation through a personal loan will combine all these multiple payments into one payment. And this will help you to reorganize and probably pay off all of the debt faster. Ideally, the loan will have a lower annual percentage interest rate than your credit cards. I mean, obviously, that's what we're looking for here. You know, if you have a manageable amount of debt and your credit score is good enough to qualify for a lower interest loan than your credit cards, then this is a good option. So, for example, if you have three credit cards with interest rates ranging from 16% to 26%, you make your monthly minimum payments on time and your credit is fair to good you may qualify for an unsecured loan anywhere from like 9 to 10 to 11%. It's still lower than paying 23% or 20% on your credit cards every month. And I like the idea of consolidating all of these multiple balances into one balance because then you're just going to knock it out and you can see yourself paying it off every month. So you need to shop around for the best rates and look at multiple lenders. And you must keep in mind that obviously the loan with the lowest interest rate is the least expensive option and usually is the best option. So What are the pros and the cons of credit card consolidation loans? Pros, fixed interest rate, monthly payments won't change. You have one monthly payment instead of paying three or four credit card bills. You have lower interest rates if your credit can allow you to do that. And the loan is a fixed term, so there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You know after two or three or four years, this is all going to be paid off. The cons, if you have really bad credit, may be difficult to get a lower rate. Some online loans may have an origination fee just to process your application. So you need to look into that. You need to look at multiple lenders and try and find the best possible option. There is one other thing. If you don't have a plan to prevent running up debt again in the future while you're paying off the personal loan, you are negating the benefit of this strategy. So if you get the consolidated loan and you pay off all the credit cards and then you have this one loan payment per month to pay for the term at a certain interest rate, great. But if you go out and then incur all this other debt again on your credit cards, because now they've all been paid off with the personal loan, 
then now you've dug yourself even deeper. So you have to have the absolute discipline to know, I mean, you know, just put those credit cards in a drawer and just stop using them until you pay this consolidated loan off. So a consolidation loan isn't a panacea to all your debt problems. It doesn't address the underlying excessive spending habits that created the debt to begin with. So it's imperative, absolutely imperative that your spending habits be addressed and curtailed and to, you know, to be within your budget, which is why the budget is always kind of the center, the infrastructure of how we are going to rein in our spending because we know what we're spending and we know what we're bringing in. And if we know those two numbers, we will know when we're overspending and using credit cards to, you know, make up the difference for what we can't afford based on what we have coming in. So if you can stick to the plan and pay off your consolidation loan, not incur any more credit card debt that you carry, then this is a really good option because it will simplify your life and it will probably cost you less because you will have a lower interest rate. Another option is what they call a balance transfer card. And this is where you transfer the credit card balances on your high interest credit cards to a balance transfer card with a 0% interest rate for a fixed period, which usually can last between six months to 21 months. So this allows you to kind of eliminate the interest rate burden that you're carrying on these credit cards. When choosing a balance transfer card, be aware there might be a balance transfer fee of three to 5%. Some cards charge no transfer fee, but these are getting a little bit more difficult to find. So you'll have to do some research and you'll need to, you know, try to look at many options. Look for the length of the APR period. You want as long a period as possible of 0% interest. Sometimes they can go up to 15 months. So this is going to save you so much interest cost if you can just transfer the balances over and now you're not really going to be paying, you know, you're not going to be paying that huge interest rate and you have six to seven months, maybe a year, maybe a year and a half to attack paying this credit card balance down on this, you know, on your balance transfer card. Once the introductory 0% rate is finished, the interest rate is going to shoot up and you're going to have to start paying uh, interest again. So you need to be aware of that and you need to know when that's going to happen. You'll need, again, good credit to qualify for a balance transfer card with an introductory rate of 0%. Some will have some nominal rates too. I just got one in the mail today asking me if I wanted to transfer some uh, credit card balances over. I don't because I don't carry balances anymore on my credit cards, but the rate was, um, it wasn't zero, but it was less than 1%. Depending on your credit bureau, good credit scores start around 670. So if you're in that range, you might be able to get an okay interest rate on one of these transfer cards. The other thing that you can do, and when I was really inundated with debt and going through my divorce, I also did this, seek debt counseling and debt relief. I would recommend working with a nonprofit credit counselor or to deal with the creditor or debt collector yourself. Debt settlement companies or debt relief companies can be expensive, and there are some risks associated with them. So I would either go the nonprofit credit counseling agency route because by law, they have to act in the client's best financial interests. Um, Counseling is free, and there's no obligation 
after counseling to enroll in a program. So do your research, go online and look at nonprofit credit counseling agencies. Also, you know, be proactive, pick up the phone, call credit card companies, let them know your situation, see what you can come up with. And the most important thing is don't keep incurring credit card debt when you're trying to pay off balances. So I know I sound like a broken record, but you have to stop the money bleed. You also have to make sure you make minimum payments on time every month because credit card delinquencies on late payments will negatively impact your credit rating for years. I mean, literally years, like seven years, which will make loans rents, and other things that you need a credit evaluation for way more expensive. So one missed payment can just be on that credit report for a very long time. Any late payment over 60 days will hit your credit score very, very hard. And if payments are 120 days late or more, depending on the credit card company, your account will be turned over to collections. So you don't really want that to happen, right? So I want to just make a quick note here about good debt versus bad debt. Is there good debt? Yes, there is good debt. All debt is not created equal, right? Debt used to build wealth is generally viewed as good debt. Taking out a mortgage, investing in yourself by borrowing, maybe for more education so you can get a better job, small business loans or debt consolidation. These are all forms of good debt that are going to help you build your net worth either by getting an asset like a house or getting an education so that you can go get a better job or eliminating high interest rate credit cards so that you can lower your interest rate and pay one payment and get all this debt eradicated over a certain finite period of time. Bad debt is money borrowed for, you know, the use of purchasing assets that depreciate quickly or just for consumption. So basically high levels of credit card debt are just bad debt. So are there any positives to credit cards? Yes. Of course there are, but they are linked to self-discipline and knowledge of your budget. If you can stick to your budget and pay your credit cards off every month in full, so you're treating it like cash because you know you're going to pay the bill off at the end of every month and not let it ride and build up and just, you know, get so blown out of proportion that it's nuclear. The benefits is it A, you get better fraud protection, right? Because credit cards are safer to carry than cash and debit cards. And if something goes awry, they will usually work with you to make sure that you don't have to pay for it and they can stop payment. And many come with consumer protections. Also, using your credit cards responsibly and paying them off every month helps you to build good credit, which I know sounds kind of you know, antithetical, but it's it's a fact. So when you have good credit behavior with your credit cards by paying them off every month, then that helps you to build a higher credit score, which ultimately drives you to get lower borrowing costs in future things that you want to borrow on. So paying them off on time and keeping your debt leverage down to a respectable percentage, right? Because credit companies have a percentage that they don't want you to go over with your leverage. And, you know, I think if you start getting anywhere over like 10, 15% of your overall assets and income, credit card companies get a little bit nervous. So if you have, you know, 50% of your income is in debt and you're going to have to use all your income to pay this debt, you know, your credit's going to take a hit on that as well. So the action plan is use the strategies that I just talked about to pay off the credit card balances. 
Monitor your credit score monthly. There are free apps that allow you to do this, but you should always be watching your credit score. As you're paying down this debt, make sure your credit score is, you know, is going up. And that will happen if you pay the debt down and you don't incur any more debt. Be careful how you commingle debt with another person. If you are married or you have a joint credit card with somebody, make sure that you understand how they're using that credit card because that's going to affect your credit as well. That's another reason to check your credit report every month because you can see the activity that's going on. And if there's some activity going on that you don't know about in that other person is incurring a lot of debt, you can flag it and go to them and say, hey, you better cut this out because not only is your credit rating and score going to take a hit, so is mine. Once you pay down debt, don't start using the cards again with reckless abandon. Stop the cycle, pay off the balances every month, and just take a deep breath because guess what? Then you don't have to worry about paying down debt. And most importantly, stick to your budget. Be proactive and knowledgeable about money coming in and going out. This is so simple. I mean, we we all know how to add and subtract, right? So if you are spending more than you have coming in, you are probably using credit cards to fund the gap. And you probably can't pay off the credit cards in full every month because you have created too much debt so that you can pay it off every month because you're living over your means. So take a good long look at your spending habits. This peace of mind will allow you to direct your time and energy toward other activities that bring you joy, happiness, fun, and maybe even more money because you won't be worrying about high interest rates. And instead of worrying about how to pay down debt, you can be out there living your best life. So You know, as I said before in part one of this series on debt, you know, having high debt and carrying these big balances and interest rates and trying to figure out how to pay all this stuff down, it really does, you know, hit our psychological well-being as well as our physical well-being because it really can make us sick because we just get so worried about it. So let's just not do it anymore, right? Let's just stop the madness and get our action plan in place, implement it, become debt-free, and just be our best, happy, productive, not worried self, and we can go live our best lives. That's all I want for you guys. That's what I wanted for myself, and after years of struggling, I somehow accomplished it. It took me a while, but I got there in the end. And, you know, there's plenty of uh, strategies that we just discussed in this podcast that can help you. So I would say pick the one that is right for you that's going to keep you motivated, keep you in the zone, and let's just get this debt out of our lives. Let's just go for that. And then we can be really, really relaxed and happy, spend what we have, and just have fun with our lives. So that's it for this week. That's my uh, strategy on debt. And I look forward to the next time. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you for listening today to the Fiscal Feminist Podcast. Please take a minute to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform. And I would really appreciate if you could also rate and review it. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at The Fiscal Feminist or check out the website FiscalFeminist.com.
Ignorance is not bliss. As women, burying our heads in the sand when it comes to our money has dire consequences. But yet, so many of us have employed this detrimental strategy. After over two decades of experience, I've discovered that women face a twofold crisis of competence and confidence regarding how they approach and handle finances. It's time to close that gap. I wrote The Fiscal Feminist, a financial wake-up call for women to teach women how to take charge of their money and control their financial destinies. This book will help you achieve financial literacy, establish the right tools and rules for managing your money and relationships, and to plan for your future. It's time to gain and maintain financial wellness on your own terms. Head to FiscalFeminist.com to order your copy today.